And we're back. Welcome to the Printer Games Podcast, your podcast for everyone who enjoys making your own toys. I'm Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param, and I'm joined by... And Sowards, also known as Lost Spheres. And I have a slight little um, streaming sometimes. All right, we're going to take this from the top here in just a minute. And we're back. Welcome to... Uh, we're not in Notre Dame. I don't, I don't. <laughs> okay, I've done that 700 times. I'm going to happen sometime. You know what, though? It really hasn't happened very much. And we're back on the Preacher Games about what's new and awesome in 3D printing for gamers. I'm your host, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param, and I'm joined by... Kristen Sowards, also known as Lost Spheres. We have had some bad luck this week. For any of you all who tuned in on our usual time, you'll for, if it's live or wondering, where the heck is my episode in my podcast feed? Because uh, the internet decided it just didn't want to work for me uh, on Tuesday. Therefore, the whole live stream was just pretty much on you. We, we took a mulligan for a couple of days later. We're recording this on thursday of the same week um and so we're gonna hope that things we're gonna hope things kind of go down and hold on uh, round but, two fight yes and in those couple of days because you know i didn't have like internet or really like yesterday was completely worthless with the internet so i just had a whole lot of time to do things line so i just got some models out and started kit bashing some stuff and started getting things ready for the printer and just decided you know i'm gonna finally finish off this undead army completely so i can move on to another project nice wait, wait, so to see it or or, or no, still uh, under wraps. It's, it's still mostly and like i've still got some stuff to do i'll show off some of the the the, uh, the models i intend to finish it with point hordes a horde of skeletons and multiple mm. hordes of zombies. that's all so done. Zombies. zombies are done now and oh gosh so many goodness for contrast paint uh, because yeah. like just putting those base coats down has been incredibly quick because of, and that has made painting the zombies so they're not a hundred percent uh mm. they're not a hundred percent contrast painted up and they right. come in with other paints to to put some tape um but you were so saying those are done the combination of contrast and dry brush on them was actually a little faster than airbrushing them yeah yeah it really was like i was trying to do some airbrushing when i was on a chat with uh with you i think i was painting with you yep. and i tried doing some airbrushing on them to get that underglow effect and i've done that on like my big old zombie dragon i've done that on my giant vampire bats and that looked really good but then with both the zombie dragon and the vampire bats i have to get that definition that detail back so i have to wash them down right. and so for models that are big troll exactly glow with the airbrush and that's great but with the zombies because they just you know because they just so small um you just basically small blast bullets, them uh you can just sort of uh, uh it's not the one of the zombies but i have this cool i can just like put the touch of dry brushing on them very easily and very quickly with one of the round uh brushes those big soft makeup brush style dry brushes what uh, dry this. brushes are you using by the way i am currently using the iron ones. okay because i am too and i have not been super excited by them so i'm just kind of curious so uh, if it any does the listeners... job as well as my two dollar brush yeah. does yeah i was about to say i think i've had just as good a the dollar store or dollar 25 i have is not the what the results are while using it this is still about the same as the the, the branded makeup brushes that i can get for two bucks at the local uh big box store i think but i know where you're going here but i can wash this and it survives yeah and when yeah. i wash one of those brushes all the hairs just come yeah, yeah. I, I that is very very true my my little army painter ones have survived multiple encounters with big long dry brushing sessions i think my tiniest one is getting a little uh frayed on the edges now a little bit um especially because i think i've been using a lot of fdms and this caught in the contour lines of the filament so um yeah. depending on how clean your print is also dry brushing on the fdm kind of can sometimes like 
accentuate the layer lines. Yeah. yeah so you gotta be careful with that technique. Not to not use it. I just totally use it. Like it's just it's just a fast technique. Definitely will notice the, the it's like I definitely, the alternative is like hand layering those details yeah. and I ain't about that. I ain't got that time. So I, I have found that sometimes it works if you do small circular motion or if you do one pass one direction and one pass another direction. Um but yeah uh, and I totally do not blame is it C there is nothing wrong with the cheap dry brush especially right. for like big big models and train work back when i mostly did foam stuff it was almost 100 percent that i want to get one of the big kabuki brushes for like some big terrain seeing that used is there any video you would um, recommend for it recently uh i guess a few weeks ago uh geek gaming scenix used it to do like a big like a play marvel crisis protocol on oh, that game looks so cool but its oh, skill intimidates it me a little bit i want to pick it up and it's one of the few games like there's a few very popular games and i i'm and it's what I'm using to base like what the popularity is of wargaming is by the availability of models to find. Patreon's dedicated to models I can use in this game because there's some games that don't have any support, like War Machine Hordes. Nobody doing models for War Machine Hordes. I, I find the local community for Hordes is like super fanatic. Impressive. Cool. I'm glad. I mean, actually, I know a lot of people in that company and good for them. <laughs> But but yeah, I'm kind of surprised that there's not more 30. Uh, it's almost like there's says, a segue there. Uh, indeed, because honestly, there are just some models out there that are very hard to find or some niches in our hobby that you just can't find a ton of high quality models for. Or when you do, it's usually like just one or two or there's just like one really dedicated artist on Patreon that's keeping this whole niche of this one thing alive. Maybe you want some variety. And you would think, just recently started talking that there's over 200 tracked fleece subscription service for 3d printable models at this point which is so much more than we yes. had when i got started in this hobby um and it's just exploded and most of the th I, I remember back then there was big big holes in the in the things there was like if you wanted dwarves warhammer fantasy dwarves uh you just couldn't find them like the modern age of sigmar stuff nah nothing for that right. only what old hammer uh if you wanted orcs that weren't world of warcraft orcs they didn't exist like he, uh, there was like a couple of kits for Warhammer style uh, orcs, and like a no Lord of the Rings orcs existed back. Elves, all elves were wood elves. Wood elves. Every elf was a wood elf. Maybe a couple high elves. Uh, Not even high elf sets. You get a couple of high elves. And Arc Villain did one Sun Elf set, which was meant to be kind of high elfy, but it was not very big. It's one of their very first sets. So it's like we've got two poses of this soldier, <laughs> which is kind of worthless to build an army around. Like I remember that was one of my first things that I kit bashes. I grabbed those uh, arc villain sets, uh, that, that that Sun Elf set. I was like, I need some elves for my sister's army. I'm going to just start reposing this thing. How do I repose this two elf poses? And I actually made an A-pose version without hand so that I could just infinitely customize that set. And then I printed off a couple in time. Um, so more and everywhere. more stuff was coming out. And Monsters Encounters came out with their uh, wood elf set that was highly inspired by the old. Great. But there was like, lots and lots of this stuff. There was like entire genres like sci-fi there was some sci-fi stuff but there wasn't a ton like if it wasn't meant for 40k it just didn't get made and now there's more tell me you're been gaming for a long time without telling me you've been gaming say ralpartha holy cow <laughs> <laughs> oh i miss ralph hartha they've got a kickstarter right now for the law proper legacy company that's alive uh to like 
published a bunch of gosh i remember well, that was, like, the only make... thing in town like yeah. anyway yeah. i remember well, writing off to raul partha in physical post to request <laughs> they send me one of their catalogs and when i was a wee little gamer oh, in yeah. middle school and like i just catalog and destroy her and just like i'm gonna want one of these and i'm gonna want one of these i had this really bad delusion because i was gaming so young that i i took my i think i had a similar request and i took it to the game store because i thought they they could just give it to them mm-hmm. <laughs> and the guy just had an extra catalog he'd ordered more than one of them gave it nice to me. but yeah which is why i fell in love with reaper because they kind of were copying that style they like released the same style catalogs or partha did when they first were getting started it was a wonderful time i don't know if reaper still even does the the catalog anymore but... i don't know i don't know i mean their websites mm-hmm. but i i mm-hmm. remember like that seems like so much that real part mm-hmm. of the game. <laughs> it would then, not even be the front page of my mini factory worth right right it's crazy yeah. i like I, I you know i i uh, occasionally hear a sentiment when i'm at cons or, or talking to people in the community that have been there for a while like people who are coming into the hobby you have no idea the the embarrassment of riches ability of these things it's so cool but it still there's one. some holes for sure Indeed. so we have we've pulled the community we've posted up on a bunch of the facebook groups to try and get some opinions and me and me and Kristen been uh banging our heads since Kristen suggested this as a uh, topic a few weeks ago uh, to try and come up with like are the holes what is just not covered well in the 3d printing space right now and i kind of mentioned one if you're a war machine hordes player sorry there's just not much out there for you and this goes for a whole lot of very specific games there's there's a few games in our hobby that is super well supported obviously anything warhammer fantasy honestly old hammer is probably the most supported game Ab- right. like hands right. down the most supported game is old hammer like we're talking old warhammer fantasy battles old world if total war warhammer stuff like major sigmar stuff fairly well supported at fairly this well point. supported more and more like, of that gamut and your other there's, people there's there's yeah, a lot of people yeah, doing yeah. some if you're doing fire slayers you're a little bit hurting if you're but if you're doing most of the armies you've got something warhammer 40k is so supported ironically 40k was a little bit slow on the uptake there a lot of fan models a lot of free stuff that kept getting copyright striked on thingiverse and and, and there's some a bunch on cults we talked about how mm-hmm. to find that stuff um and it's still like you never know if like did they cross the line gw seems to have a very specific list of things that you're allowed to get away with and i'll and be darned there's... if i can see it because there's so many people that like I... right up there i know it's like it's really fun talking with some of the artists that have actually interacted with the gw team did they have specifically the shoulder pad really just the shape of the shoulder pad was what kind of crossed the line there um and that has been a thing now there's like you know cyber forge and puppets war and a, and uh, what's this one you sent me a little wild ago mesh cool. if you wild are mesh. if you are into oh. chaos and and uh tyranids mm-hmm. like or sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> um right. yeah i love my alien buggy boys and it is a good time if you like mm-hmm. alien buggy boys there are so many people making them right now maker's uh, cult Edge miniatures just started doing a, a really awesome, like mm-hmm. Lictor being poses are so dynamic and nuts. So, like, yeah, good time. Hello, in chat, Mysterio. Sorry, you didn't interrupt you on that one. Mm, um, well, who another one? Yeah, well, obviously, Rules has Ton K or for Grimdark Future, mm-hmm. which is my preferred way to play 40k after playing several attempts at the game <laughs> at this point. I, I'm being honest, like, Warhammer is fun and all, man, it just seems unbalanced as crap. I, I much prefer like Kings of War, Age of Your, those sorts 
sorts of games that just kind of do it better. I still have not found my my uh, holy grail mm-hmm. yet. I like uh, I like OPR pretty good. Like we need to that it's... get on tabletop simulator and find you your game. But yeah, um, you know I'm mostly TTRPG anyway. But right. yeah, before we leave the 40k. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Stuff the Dynasty of Null from Battle Yak is in my opinion. Oh, that is a really good set. Necron's uh, placement, if you need it. Yeah, that, I think that was the first set I pledged in on them bef- to discover them, and then I went back and I was like, Oh my gosh, you have so many good sets. Actually, oh. that was right after I found them, so I I actually had to go back and buy that one early when I said I was like, Oh my goodness, if I ever play Necrons, plus that plus the OPR sets, and if you paint them together, it's gonna look so good. Crisis Protocol is a very well supported game because people love making Marvel characters though yes um so really you're just getting alternate sculpts for stuff you still have to go buy yeah ditto for star wars because that's a similar setup you got to go buy the cards um but star wars super supported and that makes sense because star wars is also like big in the ttrp space several iteration of war games over the years like the old uh wizards of the coast game i played to absolute death uh which the dnd minis uh game for the old d20 version i played a lot of the uh role-playing version of that Uh, and but still not quite as much as the Mayfair. I played so much of that D6 Mayfair system. Obviously, D&D, anything D&D or, you know, D&D-inspired games like Pathfinder, that's yep. all going to be covered. If you if you like your fantasy see monsters, you will. There's entire Patreons like MZ4250 that's just dedicated to free models to cover everything in the monster manual. So that that's covered. But I am going to qualify that with it's something more mainstream. If it's a mm-hmm. core rulebook right. PC thing, that's probably the there but there are lots of glaring holes for fantasy rpgs that i think and the other very well supported game is lord of the rings oh, and all of its yeah. permutations is very well supported both in the battle games or just the rpgs or just to use as models in other war games that to look recreate like helms deep how many right. times i have seen recreations of helms deep which is awesome by the way i yeah. love you so much if you've done a big minas tirith or a big helms deep kudos i will stare at your work for hours but i would also be terrified to touch it <laughs> Oh, oh gosh. Um, who's the group that's doing that? Like they're building Minas Tirith in the same scale they use. Movie, yeah. Zorpazorp. Yeah, Zorpazorp yeah. is building it. That is impressive. That is hats off to it. And the other game, again, Lord of the Rings is taken care of. I think that's I think that's about it. Like oddly enough, Starfinder, there's a lot of Starfinder minis out there. It's definitely ramped up quite a bit. Velrock. Everything Cthulhu's covered. Oh, Belrock, yeah, Belrock's been doing a lot of uh, a stuff. There's been a couple. There's one other artist that's kind of dedicated to Starfinder inspired stuff, and I mm-hmm. forget their name. There are big holes if you do not play those games. Oh, Battletech, Battletech is super well covered. If you do not play <laughs> those games, you might have a bad time. Uh, so that's just the general. That's the general. Now let's get into the specifics. You started off real strong with one that's just like obvious. Yeah, was non-human undead of Andy. all kinds. I, I and we'll begin giving. A shout out to Mammoth Factory for having a Empire Times Merfolk mm-hmm. release. Speaking of which, there is a whole bunch of underwater stuff coming out in the next couple couple months. I would definitely surf uh, STL, was it STL Finder? Anyway, a bunch of stuff coming up. But this particular set blew my mind because it seemed like such a basic thing. Like, you're underwater, not getting direct sunlight, you're vampire merfolk, like, super flavorful, super terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the ability to shape change, so, like, they can leave the water when they need to. And, like, it's just, like, such a horrifying concept, and it seems, like, so, like, why did it take so long for that to happen? And 
then that kind of just went through, you know, like haunted swamp villages of Gripley or like uh, halfling zombies. You said you found a couple, but I haven't seen like a horde of halfling zombies. Like how horrifying. I don't know. Uh, it, there's a TikToker I like. Gosh, we're running out of attribution here. But she does. Her whole series is things that in third and fourth edition Forgotten Realms vanished over the spell plague or were pretty much. I don't know if people are familiar with this. The map got reduced in size. So they took out whole nations. And then when they tried to address it later, they basically said what happened to those nations. And the halfling nation of Lurian basically dumped underwater, like, you know, Atlantis style. All the halflings died over this cataclysmic event. And so now I'm like, okay, there is an entire head nation of halflings in the Forgotten Realms. You could have <laughs> zombie halfling apocalypse. <laughs> How terrifying would that be? Like I said, Duncan Shadow, uh, who does a lot of models, um, the, some of the best giants, Duncan has some of the best giants. If you want your Gargant proxies or just some really impressive giants on your tables. Um, also, they do a wonderful mouseling set that is just cute as heck. It's like they're meant to be proxies for uh, Skaven. If Skaven were... They have... They're available as undead versions of them. They're also of, of also halflings and has a complete undead set available through them as well. Um, so like they did the whole halfling army. Um, and then that halfling army is also available in undead variant. Uh, I will totally agree. Uh, let's see Catlet here in chat saying lost souls on pretty good. It was a Kickstarter wrapped mm -hmm. up a while back. They're actually running lost souls two right now, which mm -hmm. I've already backed. And yes, absolutely. Um, they're so horrifying that they could be not any number of species <laughs> i think bestarium also has quite a few that might not be um but yeah i i, I want to see cat folk skeletons that aren't necessarily egyptian mm -hmm. i want to see you know uh so maybe some like give me an undead aracocra that would be scary anyway <laughs> I, I think i i have belabored my my terrifying undead right. non-humans and another source for a dead is Monsters Encounters has done a whole bunch of skeletons. So, like, I don't, I don't think they're doing much of that lately. In some of their earlier work, dwarf skeletons, goat men, orc skeletons, goblin skeletons. And, you know, since they're skeletons, they can they can fill in a lot of niches. Like, a halfling skeleton and a dwarf skeleton probably looks alike because they do not have beard bones. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it is something, if you think about it, in the narratives of these places, you know, oftentimes X civilization has a war on Y civilization and they use necromancy. So why doesn't Y civilization have undead? Mm -hmm. There should be tons. There should be tons of them. Right. But I'm guilty of it too. Like I built my big old undead army and none of my undead are non-human unless they're like ogres. Right. <laughs> Right. Well, you got to do something for your big heavies, right? It, um, Bestarium did these terrifying, like, uh, they call them man swine. Then they're like these corpulent undead. And I don't, I don't even know what species they're supposed to be, but they're, they're awful. <laughs> well, that just, that sounds like nightmare. If you want a little, yeah, Dark Souls night for fuel, whatever, go, go check mm -hmm. that out. Um, there's two sets of. <laughs> Anyway, so piggybacking on your idea there, another thing that's fine is commoners who aren't. Mm, I like that. There's yeah. not very many of those sets out there. I do want to give some shout outs to um, collectibles, a relatively fresh Patreon on the scene. who did I kind of slept on them and I'm kind of sad about it. Go on, sorry. They did a whole tavern that has a whole mix of uh, uh, species in there. And they also recently just did the halfling farm. And it's just peaceful farm um like a big old there's one like it's a cow person i think that's yeah. with them and 
it's just really cool. Uh, no, it's an elephant person. Uh, what do they call those in fifth edition? Lexions? Well, the ones that are magic inspired are called, um, there's a different word, Pachydon from mm-hmm. um, Critical Role. So the okay. Alexandria stuff has Pachydons, I think they're called. So you got a big old elephant person with a plow and a whole bunch of halflings and halfling kids and crow and the house and all the crops and the fence and bundled up. It's like a really cool set. It's, it's really sweet. It's really charming. There's not much non-human stuff. The halflings kind of do get a lot of it because like you have that opening of Lord of the Rings that I feel like Shire. So they usually do get so non-human, non-halfling um commoners are pretty few and far who I will also shout out to on the non-human commoner level, uh two things. Uh mm-hmm. one, obviously Cobra Mode, we've already had him on. You want little yeah. newt people who are commoners who like have their fishing rod in a little mm-hmm. bucket. Cobra mode, you know, and merchant uh, snail. Merchant yeah, snail is merchant awesome. snail. Um bullet. Um, does uh, I want to say it's quarterly a set called and they're just building out this massive town of people a fantasy town and it's got you name it there's a big fish man chef guy I think and a tea house and just like all sorts of like random cool um, uh, and really flavorful um, definitely the sort of stuff you would you'd probably want to base on like a a lasting NPC around and like if you want to have them threatened as your MacGuffin (laughs) you know like oh no save you know it would be a really kind of flavorful or if you're doing like but yeah bite the bullet definitely has some commenters but i still think there's plenty of room for for more representation in that for sure another place to find some if you are looking uh, at least to populate a tavern bowl stand so usually the different teams will have a couple of members or cheer members uh that they are meant to be put in the stand when you set up your blood bowl arena for the home team uh so like all of the classic warmer fantasy uh factions will be covered there your orcs your vampires your uh dwarves all of that so there's a there's a a kick there's i think there was a kickstarter a while back that actually focused on that i don't have that also hey alex good to see you back in chat it would not be an episode without you (laughs) i I was worried it wouldn't be your night but uh yes Mm -hmm. halfling murder in one of the weeby goblins is is that a thing i i I think of only i i don't know i have i don't think i've played that one so it might be one of the i have not played the last two we do not have the authority to say one way or the other seems he's indicating that is the case so you could have them as i guess enemies you could have halfling farmers that you're going after as goblins another hole that was pointed out to me is historical minis don't fall into napoleonics medieval Mm -hmm. or world war ii i can see that can see that there's a there's some roman stuff that's fairly recent but a lot of that's like really fantasy inspired spartan stuff but there is a few roman stuff that's out there if you want anything else if you want the boxer rebellion if you want um a lot of like colonial stuff if you want french revolution stuff it's kind of hard to get like very specific historical stuff historical gaming is one of the largest sectors of the hobby there's a lot of estimates that say that napoleonics outnumbers warhammer players I believe it. Um, I used when I used to work in a comic book store, a game store. We sold that Ospi rack would just mm-hmm. get hammered every week, yeah. and Napoleonics and were huge. Even though I said the Napoleonics World War II um, stuff outside of that, there's a few people banging that drum, but there aren't many even there. And a lot of that stuff is usually Kickstarter stuff or really bestowed stuff. There's not a lot of choice. And when you have choice, and when you have competition in the market, you, I'm you glad there are like five different people trying for high elves right now. That's why I'm glad. 
glad there's so many people trying for orcs because then you see new stuff, original stuff. You start getting choice. You start getting people like truly trying to up their game to be the best. I'm going to make the best not Tyranids that are out there. Right, but, right. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and you get way more diversity. Like I think Puppets War the option for almost every of their hive models that has cybernetics included, like which is different. So if you, if you really want it to be a different alien thing, get there. But yeah, totally, totally agree. Um, then you have like OPR's alien hives. They're all reptiles instead of insects. And that's mm-hmm. a whole different take on the army. And there's so many people that have just made the Zerglings, but um, analogs to Tyranid models. Those are fun if you if you like your StarCraft aesthetic. Can can we go specific for a second? Okay. How specific? Uh, I, I want to talk about uh, classes for oh, okay. characters. Indeed. Okay. Uh, and, and I think, you know, before we've talked about, uh, I think card casters in general mm-hmm. tend to draw uh, over-reliance on Romani inspiration. And I think a card casting character more in the gambit or or you, you've seen all sorts of them. Um, Ace from Final Fantasy, Type mm-hmm. Zero. There's tons of these characters out there in fantasy mm-hmm. and just so few minis that aren't like embarrassingly derivative of one culture. And I think that that would be awesome to see more of for sure. Uh, so mm-hmm. card casters, if, if you're listening, I, I will your praises for days. But um, more obvious than that, little melee fighters. And I mean, like, I mean, flavorful. We get, we, you've said there's a couple halfling, you know, models out there. There's soldiers, et cetera, et cetera. I'm talking gnomes. I mm-hmm. have not seen an aggressive gnome model. It's always gnomes and they go cute. They go super duper cute. Um, and I think I, I want to see like, um, you know, I think like Artisan Guild could totally do a whole set. Gnome, whimsical and badass. That's something I think has been a standard for me of like, when you can really get the flavor through. Like when I did my campaign setting, I had to have a gnome that I'd be terrified of to fight in battle. That was like a goal. <laughs> <laughs> I have a few actually in the book uh, illustrations, and I think I think there's some 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 room out there. Any for you? I have a bunch more. I just don't want to like. Right. It does seem like any of the off type of uh, species, fantasy species out there. It's just like if you see, you know, there's very few humans. Obviously, they run the gamut. Dwarves that aren't warriors or stone casters mm-hmm. are like the two things that you'll see dwarves on. Various uh, some of the Warhammer templates will be covered, so you do get uh, quite a few dwarf rangers out in the world yeah. and like obviously like engineers and stuff but you don't see a lot of dwarf druids you don't see a whole lot of like bards a lot yeah. um there is obviously oddly a lot of dwarf witchers in the world Weird. love taking the witcher concept and alonging it to dwarves i'm and- gonna blame that on white hair gimli i don't know if you're watching record or lotus war gimli you know that white haired badass dwarf mm-hmm. who like deals with magic users and he's trying to get his possessed daughter back if you haven't seen it watch it anyway um yeah that like to me has such strong witcher energy and it's it's hardly the only example of that in in pop culture right then so i think i think i totally see why the elves get a bit more coverage because they're they hit the 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 wizard elves the warrior elves the roguey elves all get covered well um not a whole lot of elf commoners if you're an elf and you show up in a fantasy setting you you automatically must be like level 10 on your mini i don't see a whole lot of low level elf (laughs) even (laughs) even the uh even the army ones it's just like their armor is always the best and it's like it looks like all day off of an epic loot drop in a wow raid absolutely like, oh that's the soldier that's that's peasant number three over there my <laughs> archer levy i could totally um, see i mean um what i have to give uh oddly enough on this one because they're usually guilty of the epic mini right mm-hmm. um is uh uh heroes infinite mm-hmm. did apprentice 
Wizards and Witches in their magic oh, school set. Yeah. And they're cool really set. cool. They're really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, definitely a level, but they don't suck, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that's a, a great one vibe. Uh, another one I'm definitely going to throw out here, and I know it's a controversial topic in fantasies or psionic characters, missing for almost everybody. I think uh, DM Stash did a pretty good uh, psionic set. Um, but yeah, and I think uh, Comet Lord has done like one or two psychic warriors and some gif. But yeah, generally speaking, um, psionic characters, especially not gif or not uh Thrykreen or whatever. What makes a mini a psionic mini as opposed to like a sorcerer? Okay. I, I think that is a very fair question. Um, there's definitely iconic abilities that I would say are are that. Uh, I would also mm-hmm. say that psionic characters very classically can use armor. Um, uh, and so I think you'll see a lot of like you're going to get in those rare Eldritch Knights that you can kind of push there. But I'm also talking silly things like, you know, that the the hand by the head, the, okay. instead of the casting somatic, maybe. And, and you know, yes, you're going to be able to repurpose many theme psionic set, especially when you've got like um, Tasha's already kind of acknowledging that for 5e. Tons of third-party content. Obviously, Pathfinder has Psychic. Their new Psychic content's coming out from PF2, I think, also. Right. It's uh, weird. With, with Pathfinder, their Psychic is very much based off of, like, turn-of-the-century occultism, and more so than, like, psionic sci-fi. It influence. is, except for the Psychic class itself still seems to have been an attempt. Right. They even, they even named Disciplines and all that stuff. That stuff still felt very, like, we're gonna mm-hmm. wink at Psionics from 3035. And ironically, it's the least popular. Everybody is... Oh, yeah, for sure. Because people that wanted Psionics were already using Dreamscart. It's a like fantastic book if you wanted to do the classic Psionic stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but, Wonderful. Yes. Uh, yeah, so it, it's the way I went. Although I actually did do stuff to synergize it. Too. I like all the toys. All the toys all the time. Which is why I want, you know, more weird um, stuff like this. There's there's a whole bunch more we can talk about. What's your next another, another big one. All, all sorts of models is vehicles that aren't military vehicles. Yes. Yes. Jumping ahead for me, but I I will I will definitely chime in on this one. Go ahead. Whether you're doing fantasy, whether you're well, fantasy is a little bit there's not a ton of vehicles. Uh but uh there are. You got like when you're like if you're doing like historical or modern or you're going in the future, you need space trucks, you need actual trucks, you need cars, you need the bus. And a lot of that stuff is few and far between out right. there. Um, crews that's focusing on terrain that helps a lot with that. A lot of the vehicles that get produced are very obviously meant to be military vehicles because it's models. Right. But yeah, right. when I when I when I have my cool sci-fi tank rolling down the streets, I want to crush a Ford every now and then. I need that. <laughs> sure, and I know sure. that like outside of the 3D printed realm, there's lots of, but inside the 3D printing realm like specifically, uh, it's it's very few and far between. And so you end up reusing a lot of the same the dearth or, or i should say preponderance i don't use a lot of shipping crates and say these shipping crates are a mining frigate <laughs> these shipping crates are a school bus or there's yeah. like a couple of buses and i just see them over and over and over again there's a couple of space trucks and i just see them over and over and over again um this also true for spaceships we move beyond the tiny personal vehicles there's a whole lot of ships of war uh, but i'm not seeing any you know hauling <laughs> ships or space service truck. ships or space yeah. truckers the patreon i mean space trucking is a cool i played so much i played so much elite dangerous and i spent 90 percent of that game space trucking across the galaxy <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, do you mind if I chime in on a slightly different angle? Go for it. Um, Spelljammer again coming out. I right. cannot believe we ha- don't have the other Spelljamming ships yet. Like, of course, everybody is not everybody. I shouldn't say that. Ambitious people have taken a stab at the Nautiloid. I think there's four or five of them. Especially since it plays such a huge part. Three and everybody's super hot for that game. But, you know, Nyoji or Nyoji, I don't know how you actually say it. Uh, super bad guy. Another kind of contemporary of Mind Flayers. Spider aesthetic. Super cool proxy ships for that would be really really neat spider ships um hammer ships and the shark base ships we riffed off of that in our book too but uh big sharky style like organic creature ships are a big deal the elven imperial navy has butterfly and praying mantis ships and like looks so cool you're gonna be really happy with it is like not ships it is so much um so many all at really? once that excites me a little bit oh, and they're really good about doing micro sets like yeah. when the harrigans came out they actually had hair characters of most they would have been on my list if not for break broken anvil you want mm-hmm. bunny people that are not too cute Mm-hmm. They have a bunny person set with most classes represented in in a bigger set. But thinking of too cute, Cyberforge's preview they put up today of the little otter in the little pip helmet holding the scimitar and a ray gun. I like I like cute. I'm not gonna cute is not a bad thing for me on many, and I will happily throw money at people who give me just like really very cute bunny person. I like cute starting at about twin goddess level. Uh huh. Maybe a little cobra mode, but that's a little sometimes a little cute for me. But like and then kind of going because i find that cute mini the giant man swine horror monster mm-hmm. or you know the bunny from comet lord to his oh chest my gosh tummy. you had to bring that <laughs> easter bunny back up i'm gonna have nightmares <laughs> for the next three days with that thing chasing me around but yeah like i think the juxtaposition of a little bit of cute you know is good with with horror kind of that middle streams but yeah yeah i've seen your chocobos um yeah so spelljammer stuff we talked about that uh and generally that leads because in dwarves in spelljammer originally had the very weird two try to like i would probably model them with foam myself <laughs> grimdark all the time alex I, I understand hey i have a grimdark setting for sure at least especially if it's aliens ripping people apart but uh the just generally speaking alien or non-human aesthetic in design or even non uh terrestrial ships like you know big huge uh crystal formation ships or um and this could be sci-fi or, or fantasy or both and and then a clever patreon could get away with doing both and just do maybe do a different interior set um really really ah, there's so much potential for it but yeah just to have these kind of more like floating installation pieces that are that maybe are half terrain i have to applaud a couple terrain sets that do really good like mining frigate i mentioned earlier there's a lot of sci-fi sets you could do interior mining frigate with and and get it to pass right like but um yeah i think i'd like to see a little bit of that especially if you're going to take the time to make a non-landing non you know that aren't obviously gothic 40k citadel ships right because that and alex's comment brings me into my next point Uh there are some elements of the game that are so defined by how warhammer universe has handled them that finding any of them that stray from that very particular theming is very hard it is really hard to find any lizard folk are not Aztec inspired. The Mesoamerican, almost all the folk that are available out Ape there. Men, same thing. It doesn't matter if the set was made for war game or war yep. game or whatever. One off crocodile dude in a set for a, a complete skirmish game, Mesoamerican. And yeah. that's a cool thing. Cool setup. And I'm glad those exist. Every single lizard man seems to be that. I love the chameleon mm-hmm. variants I did for OPR. Those those mm-hmm. are so cool. But I want one that doesn't have a Mesoamerican blow dart thing. Mm-hmm. I want 
want I want a caster. I want you know just a, a couple more things in that set. And and yeah, just the model itself is so solid. If you take that aesthetic off of it, it would do so much more. I understand that they're wanting to play towards the Audi 4. I get that. Um, Sci-fi infantry, they for your space, you know, space soldiers that aren't like marine soldiers, which is its own little uh, puppet, like uh, hole to jump through. But like they're almost always either Catachan jungle fighters or Death Corps of Krieg inspired, with like gas masks and skulls on everything. So much skulls on everything. Yeah, uh, and there's also is- a, he- a heavy Russian winter infantry vibe, and those like. When and when they do breach from that, it's usually to be a very specific other 40k army variant. The with the IG, especially if you want, if you just want generic space soldiers, there's very few people doing that. Velrock's got a cool set out if you want like some very high techy space soldiers. And Anvil Industries has got up still on the high tech, heavier armor side of things on almost all their sets, but like everything about. Uh, Warhammer, you know, Astra Militarum. It's weird. The Cadians themselves, like the actual poster boys, almost nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing your, you know, uh, Starship Trooper inspired alien colonial marine stuff. There's a few small sets. Papapskull's done a lot of sculpts, right, but not, yeah, I've definitely seen not like there. army level stuff. You get a lot of variant or 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 with the Papapskull stuff, it's so on the nose yeah. that the second you put it down on the field, they're going to go, ha ha! That from Alien 2 that's very specifically bill packs well and that's you know i think we mentioned it before uh the supers minis is is Mm -hmm. it's so hard to get uh Mm -hmm. generic minis for those that aren't just like that's clearly homelander or superman or batman and like i would kill for a modular superset all day but um, both of these are areas where like leaning on hero forge is sometimes your answer and even then hero forge's super options are limited yeah again i think there's a, a good niche there and i think there's something to speak speak to here that you know we talk about well they, they do what's popular they do what's popular you know what there's also a wall the barrier of entry is so high that it limits the popularity of the game and i think you know until hero clicks for instance supers games were very difficult to have any miniature support if you weren't just right. using the little like triangle fold cutouts in the back of your marvel superhero phase rip book oh, um <laughs> Like you know that that didn't exist, and I think I never had so much fun with a game I hated so much as Face Rip. Oh, really? You hated it? I love that game. The advanced it was fun, and I hated the system. Mind the power, like the resolution table thing. Like I honestly think a lot of the modern Wolf Cipher, etc., design got its credence mm-hmm. watching that kind of relative comparative success-based mm-hmm. system that they had in Phase Rip and um, how in. But um, yeah, yeah, there was definitely for me it was the the advancement system. Like, because eventually in the advanced guide, I think they made a thing where you had to bank karma forever. Mm-hmm. Getting to the point, you literally, even in that game, I don't know if you remember this, there was a generic outline, generic outline mini fold up thing that you had to like either go photocopy it and sketch onto, especially if you weren't an artist, it was terrible. Or. <laughs> Or you, you know, you had your little card and you tried to make it match official cards. And it was just, it was, it was embarrassing. And I think that the mini state, especially in this explosion right now, that, that disproportionate thing is still happening for customers. This is a, this is one of the things that 
I I weep for the loss of City of Heroes. That has because because that had the best super customizer in the world, and no no modern super game close to the level of customization City Heroes. Like DC Heroes, not even. Um, I would list off a bunch of the others, but I forget their names. They're so not played. Champions, um, which I have a lifetime too because I was so hoping it was the replacement for. Uh, yeah, not even close. It, it not even close. Which is weird because there are things about it that are amazing. But yeah, City Heroes was a special thing, and the weird thing is i find that going back and playing it on emulators now entirely about its space and time but yes you're totally right the customizer in that uh just my brief comment about city heroes dual boxed it both accounts 14 slots maxed out every character maxed wow. out. i love that game it's so amazing much. Alex has a point in chat. Uh, the Cadian stuff is still in print, though. And then um, Mordians, Talarans, Valhallans, etc. haven't been able to... Is true, and you saw a whole lot of this earlier days of 3D printing about what would be provided was filling in gaps that you wanted to go get stuff. Really, the, the industry's matured enough that being in print still not barrier for that concept to exist. And most of the stuff that's available now, you have you know non-3D printed options for the world. And that's another reason that old was so well supported and is still so very well supported is because you can't buy old hammer stuff anymore. Right. so i get that that the stuff that's not available in physical stores providing as 3d printed sources since it's the only way to practically or affordably get a hold of that stuff i get that while that's an instant market but the the market's grown up so much that i think that just be, being in print now uh because there are physical mini companies that support that concept i was going to shout out I, when we did the verse version of this episode i was shouted out to the stargrave kits the stargrave kits are very much not meant to be Warhammer proxies, and they do a great job of being generic soldiers and stuff without very high-tech armored characters. Like they look like ground pounders. And War Games Atlantic does some amazing stuff to there too for their sci-fi lines. 3D printed companies, the 3D printed industry doesn't need to be beholden to what's available physically anymore. It's grown so big. Right, right. And that there is mm-hmm. it is a market that now commands its own attention. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, I think riding waves like Spelljammer or a new mm-hmm. release of Warhammer or whatever it is, it's yeah. going to obviously bread and butter for a lot of these people. Exactly. But there's enough of an enthusiast community that if you build your audience, there are going to be people that just follow you for the ride. One of the other things I definitely wanted this episode to be was a resource to artists mm-hmm. that are looking for inspiration for new sets. So hopefully mm-hmm. we've mentioned some of that stuff, but do you have any specific, I have a couple I definitely want to like throw out there. Like why hasn't someone do, done this? Mm-hmm. And I know we're running low on time. <laughs> right. Um, do you have a couple? Dire wolves. There's dire a wolves. lot of one-off dire wolves. There's okay. not a good pack set. Like a really awesome big old pack of dire wolves. Um, Tyrant Troll has done, they might have the best set out, but like I want like 10 poses of big, awesome wolves. Titan Trolls actually in our chat and says, got a pack of four next. Okay, I have one that's wolf related, but very specific. Mm -hmm. So one of the most popular D&D modules that's been out there forever, Uh a lot of seven. Um, The spider wolf demon things that are in that Mm -hmm. are iconic, but probably Mm -hmm. inspiration that wouldn't be a legal problem. But that served in so many people on that module. Like, I don't know if you've seen uh, Jordan with PH. He did a big conversion of it for 5e. Um, But yeah, it's it's in the community. People, it's kind of one of those grail things. Everybody wants to kind of like take a stab at Rod of Seven Parts once. And the iconic bad guy monsters are the unique fiend spider chimera thing. And in general, chimeras that are not just goat, lion, dragon, snake tail. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much potential for chimeras. Uh, mongrel men, classic fantasy, you know, D&D role-playing race that could be super cute and super horrific and could kind of go the whole gambit. But yeah, that the kind of chimeric beast, uh, I would definitely like to see. What what else do you do you have that's a must-have you want to see? Some bit of on? a rapid fire because we're running out of time. Yeah, oh, I know. Rain side of the train. 
terrain uh-huh. side of things. Modern terrain that isn't zombie apocalypse. Okay. Um, yeah. And this can cover like if it's done well, like this will take you like all of like last seventy years of of civilization. Non modern terrain also that is not Western Eurocentric. There's not a lot of that out there. Um, WW2 terrain is actually very limited. There's a few, there's a bit of it out there, not a ton. And that was a open. That's a big market. That there's actually a lot of WW2 figures out there, but like actually like the hedgerows and the how like enough houses to really make your like villages or cities fights different um would be great greeblies there's all there's a there's a few good greebly sci-fi kits what is greebly for a listener who does not know the term greebly are those tiny little things tiny little sci-fi or or terrain bits that you add to a model to give it tail in so like print off a whole bunch of pipes and grills and like tech panels and wire patterns and stuff and just like attach those two models you're working on uh cool sets for sci-fi but like just like the detail sets for modern stuff would be great um uh, fantasy stuff even is a bit of that in some of the terrain kits but things that are designed to augment your your homemade models or ship parts so you could build your own ship and have cannons and and steering wheels and and castles and stuff like that there's a few like fully printable ships um that you could kit bash some parts off of it that way kit bashing seems to be like the only and i got i got a couple what's that lakes if you need a big old body of water on the table that ain't a river pond so small that three minis could lay across it would you just do like a shoreline set or how would you i mean really realistically we're just talking about a big pond for a good gamer thing it's like sure you know bodies of water aren't uh, are not rivers. Uh, um, Alex Driver's suggesting sandbags and tank barricades. I've seen a lot of tank barricades, but sandbags are definitely, there's a few of them. A time. few. Um, I'm going to say, lastly, uh, for me, non-humanoid adventurers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Spelljammer's got Oozlinks coming out, which is different, whole different thing. They have receptacles and they're liquid and they can shape mm-hmm. jellyfish and flump. Um, Magic has just brought a whole generation of new flump fans because they've got a few flump cards and they're all cute and they're all super givey. Drive that synergy between Magic and D&D right now is going to um we talked about awakened animals and uh we talked about like specifically uplifted bears uh polar bears that are uplifted and pandas with las guns were specifically called out by listeners so pandas okay. with las guns time control is a good comment how many different ways can you do a sandbag uh a few but not too many but one of the things i want to draw a good inspiration to is um the the plays essentials terrain sets especially they're they're the ones they're teasing for the interiors is a great way to uh really add a lot of spice like doing like the individual sandbags or just piles of sandbags you get this like very detailed chunk lot of textures and interior decor and scattering stuff that's a really brilliant way uh very much look forward to that kickstarter available and i and i hope that that inspires some more stuff there was another old terrain set that did a lot um a kickstarter a few years ago that i think STL uh, miniatures did that was also uh, along those same lines and was super helpful. Yeah. So I'd say I could see modular sets when we had flooding, gosh, back in 83. I'm old. Anyway, um, we did a whole bunch of different wall segments of these sandbag walls or a set of sandbags for that. Because they're becoming so popular, humongous opportunity here is heroic versions or non-monstrous versions of generally monstrous species. Really cool. Like orcs kind of have a lot of that covered thanks to the Warcraft aesthetic, but like gnolls that don't look or like sure. a lot of the new generation 
generation of gamers are really kind of, especially in the Pathfinder and D&D space, yeah, are kind monsters of embracing cute totally. kobolds. Yeah. Cute kobolds yeah. that do not look evil. Goblins they took away that their really cool evil. ability in 5e. I was, I was they considering don't have shifty? They don't they, have shifty? They, no, they had like a, like, a, like a gang up thingy that was like really cool, but they got shifty because the five foot step was renamed to shift. So if you five foot stepped near a kobold, it got the five foot step itself. No, we're running out of time, but uh, yeah. I am now convinced that this could be something we do like on an annual level or something. Maybe. Yeah, I, we, this is definitely a topic we'll revisit here sometimes. So, and if there's anything we missed and it's glaring enough, please leave it in the comments. Please email us over at podcast at printergames.com or drop a comment on our Facebook at facebook.com slash printergames or Twitter. Anything we've glaringly missed and we can shout those out in future episodes or gather them up for a repeat of what's missing to the sequel. Yes is we are at time everybody thank you all so much for showing up uh chat was hopping i very much appreciate everybody who joined us uh, especially on our non-normal find... night thanks for coming yeah, out I appreciate it very lot. much to find out more of our content you can do so over at printyourgames.com and if you want to support us one of the best things you can do is a rating on tunes or spotify i think we're five stars agree really love to see those ratings it helps so share us with your friends leave us a comment on wherever you listen to this like and subscribe if you're watching this on youtube that is really some of the best it's more and more of us to print your game and until next time i'm jefferson j thacker also known as param i'm kristen sowards also known as lost fears and don't forget 